0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Dan Walshman here. Welcome back to the Edgy Conversations Podcast. Am I excited? Are you excited? I am tired. My bones feel like I got ran over with a. What are those things? I guess it's a cement mixer? No. What's the thing that has the big. Oh my goodness. It's the the thing. The, the, I don't even know what you call it. It rolls over concrete and smashes it down. I just came back from a weekend away in Baldhead Island. It's on the coast of the eastern United States and uh, basically in the middle of nowhere. My wife and I were joking as we were driving that, like, a, a lot of rich white people... <laughs> On the coast, living there, nothing wrong with rich white people at all, by the way. <laughs> but it just, it just, it's funny because uh, in the South, uh, it's very diverse and uh, lots of colors, and and just you come to this beach town with lots of sailboats and uh, not too diverse. But neither here nor there. It was great because uh, I had, uh, by the way, not trying to offend anybody. Sorry, Bald Head Island, you guys were amazing. It's just an observation. That's all, and a funny one I thought, but. Came to Head Island for one reason. It was to run bad water Cape Fear. Cape Fear. If it sounds scary, it was. It, uh, it was scary. Uh, it was awesome, but it also uh, kicked me in the ass a little bit. So, about nine months ago, let me take it back even further. Probably five years ago, I watched a movie on YouTube called Running on the Sun. And if you haven't watched Running on the Sun, I'm not going to say stop what you're doing right now and do it, but you might find it interesting. Now, Badwater 135, the original Badwater race, started in Death Valley, went from the lowest spot in the United States to the very, very highest spot in the United States, which is Mount Whitney. And it's exactly 135 miles between the two of those. Uh, And this race, very legendary race, starts at the bottom, goes all the way to the top. And of course, at the bottom, it's 115, 117, 120 degrees. Of course, at the top, it's a lot cooler, a lot, lot, lot cooler. But the and you're running on the road, the ascent the ascent is just absolutely brutal. And this movie, Running on the Sun, talks about army officers and some other pretty kick-ass people who are attempting to run the race. Uh, Obviously, you get it's a movie. A lot of them did not. They were bested by Badwater 135. So I'm watching this and I'm thinking, I think I'm tougher than these guys. I want to go run this race. They only let about 90 people in a year run this race, which is I guess it's their right to do. You can imagine not just how tough it is to to run, but to crew the race. Watching the movie, you see people. You can't even leave your car on for long because it overheats on the side of the road. And you would see people coming in days ahead of time with these, you know, massive vans filling them up with ice, only to have it melt in a day. Think about that: a van full of ice. It's so hot it just melts. You're in this environment where it's hot and and you feel like death warmed over. So I've been thinking about running that race. I've been trying to get into it. Most of you know I've run a bunch of 100s. I've run a bunch of 50s. Run... Actually, I've only run 250 milers now, I think. Maybe three, two or three. I've run a bunch of 50ks, a couple mar- you know marathons, halves, stuff like that. But I saw that the only race that, that Badwater puts on on the East Coast is in this island that's about five, six hours from where I live. And you can't drive to the island. You have to drive close to the island, park your car, get on a ferry, not a ferry that drives your car over, but just a ferry. They allow no motorized vehicles on the island or gas powered, only electric powered to then run this race. And I'm going to weave how this gets back to relationships because some of you are thinking, what the heck does this have to do with relationships? Well, this is, this is, we're going to get there. So we drive there. It's a good time. It's spring break for my kids. So they get to stay with family. Thanks to my amazing family for my brother and sister-in-law for for watching them. They did amazing. And then my wife said, well, I'm going to run crew for you. And so we packed up our stuff for three or four days and went off to this island to go run. And we get there. It's, you know, middle of the night. We stay at this beautiful inn and you know gorgeous gorgeous looking out over the water it's serene it's beautiful and little did we know the pain and torture that was to follow soon now i should have known it's bad water their tagline is the toughest race on earth right that's the tagline i'm giddy i'm not giddy about much m- much many things i'm not just not, i'm not giddy i'm not a fanboy i love google as most of you know i've got chromebooks Uh, the Chromebook Pixel. I've got the Chromebook Pixel 2 phone. I've got all the Google stuff, but I'm not even really a Google fanboy. I'm a running fanboy. I'm really a Badwater fanboy because inside my heart, like that's what started this whole craziness is to push myself and to test myself. What could I do? Here I'm seeing these Navy SEALs running Badwater and dropping out, right? Not able to do it. And I'm thinking, I could go do that. I could do that. For most, for those of you who saw my documentary back in 2012, where I attempted to to break the world record for running the most miles, you'll know that I went from zero to running 74 miles and then of course fell over. That was not fun. That being said, the next day we get there early, you hang out, go to breakfast. There's basically one, one coffee shop on this beautiful Island. I'm not kidding you. One hardware store. I, I left the charging cable to my phone, which uses the new USB-C, found the one cable on the island in the hardware store and bought it. Like, how cool is that? Great karma. And then I go to pick up my packet uh, at the Nature Conservancy on the other end of the island. And these are my heroes. They don't even know who I am, but I am such a big fan of them. Like, this has pushed me to do a bunch of really amazing Races. It's just, it's been, it's been amazing. I don't really care about doing Western states or Eastern states or the Vermont 100, Leedsville. There's a bunch of really famous races. They're great. They're cool. They're awesome. I may do them sometime, but I'm really passionate about Badwater. So I get there. I get, I get my number, number 78, which by the way has to be good karma because I was born 11, 11, 78. So, you know, there's something there. If not, it's a nice placebo effect because I feel like it's meant for me. And then, I go about you know my business of getting into the race, jumping in, and making it happen. I think I, I even told the race director the day off. I said, "Dude, you know the only reason I'm doing this, uh, by the way, is Chris Konstad, <laughs> is because I want to get into 135." He's a pretty fun, lovable guy. He kind of shrugged me off, like, you know, who is this crazy guy who's up in my business? You just here to run the race. But he was he was fun. If you go to if you go to Instagram and look at the at Dan Waldo, you'll see different, uh, things that I'm tagged in that, that he took pictures of Chris Konstad, really cool guy. He's the race director for all of Badwater. Now the night before my wife and I, uh, were, were racing, uh, we talked a little bit about strategy. For those of you who don't know, Sarah, she's kind of the Dan whisper. Um, if there's one person who can kind of, uh, get my attention and talk sense to me, it's either Sarah, number one, maybe Matt, number two or three on the list, and then a few other people. Uh, but she knows me. She knows how to get the best performance from me. And so um, she said the night before, now listen, uh, there's going to be two types of people who run this race. There are those who are clowning around. And they're going to go out faster than they should. And you're going to bury those people. And there's going to be others who are legit. And you need to make sure that you know, you're know you not pushing yourself too far. You're not doing anything uh, you know, out of line that that you know you've got everything you need to go to go compete at that high level. I, you know, I, I listened. I you know I I said yeah sure if that makes sense. I think that's something that I can do, should do, would do. The next morning dawns bright and early. This race starts at seven forty-five. How cool is that? A lot of races don't start until like or start at like five o'clock in the morning, and you're already worn out and tired or sleepy from the night before, but 745, that's a good time, right? Sun's coming up, just beautiful. Anyways, uh, race uh, kicks off, and there's always a few people in any race who, they kind of show up, they're like the party guys, you know, they've got abs, they're not wearing a shirt, uh, it's 30 degrees outside, you know what I mean? It's like, eh, I, I don't know, for me in my mind, I'm making judgments about people. Are you serious? Are, are you a legit competitor? Gun goes off right at 7.45, boom, we're running down the road. And I was probably, out of 200 people, maybe the top 20, something like this, running this this race. And what happens is things thin out pretty quickly. There's a chase group up front. There were about five or six people up front in a chase group. And what's interesting is you listen. I listened to the people breathing. I had no earbuds, no phone with me. Um, they said, you, you might want to bring a phone with you. And I was like, eh, I'm not going to bring a phone with me. And so- Away I go. away I go. I'm running. I'm running. I'm listening to people breathing beside me. and if you're going but ah, 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 right, you know. if you're one of those people and we're five miles in, that's a bad thing. That's like scary bad. So I'm listening. I'm gauging. I'm having this inner conversation. Should I go fast? Should I go slow? I thought mm, stay the course. My goal was to run eight minute miles. For this entire race, that would put me right at about seven hours. Seven hours. I'm running mile one, feels pretty good, maybe seven and a half minutes. Mile two, something the same. And I noticed there's a guy next to me who, you know, no shirt on, sunglasses, got the shoes. He's kind of, you know, out and about, you know, that sort of thing, you know, running got a little bit of an attitude. I'm not, okay. If you run with me, you know, I'm not much of a talker. I'm kind of just a grind it out sort of person. So here I am doing work, right? Trying to get my miles in. And the guy next to me is is just chatting up a storm. I probably grunted a few times. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't say much. So, you know, we just, we just kept moving. We just kept moving. I was checking my miles here while I was talking, while I'm talking to you, 728, 715, 726, 728, 711, 718, 725, 726, 722, 733. Those are the first 10 miles. And then I think I stopped to pee. Whoops. (laughs) So an 817 and then 926 and then back to mile 13 was 719, 727, 737, 744, 746, 743. Now, something happened at mile 13. Uh, After running 12 miles through the island, we then were told we had to run on the beach. And so quite literally, the next 40 plus miles were along a beach. A beach where there was lots of water. You're stepping in water. I had two pairs of socks on, but my feet are drenched. Um, your, 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 Your shoes are full of water and now sand because sand is leaking in and you're now, that was starting at mile 13. One thing I didn't add is as I'm running through this city, I know it's 12 miles and we have 50 miles to go. So I'm thinking, I've got time. I've got plenty of time. But part of me was bugging. Part of what was in the back of my head was how much ahead of me, how far ahead of me are the people who are ahead of me. But I knew I could waste my energy running through the city or when I got to the beach, I could see who was ahead of me. Sure enough, mile thirteen. I enter the beach, run a seven minute, nineteen, seven, nineteen mile while running through the water. That was a kick in the balls. That was that was tough. That was really tough. Little did I know I would have 40 more miles of that. Running through the surf, running through the sand. If you run through the sandy sand, it's like what's in your sandbox, you can't get a grip. And the harder you push, the faster you grind, the less you move. But up ahead of me, I could see these people dotted along the beach ahead of me, maybe as far as a half a mile to a mile ahead of me, and slowly but surely, I began to pick them off. I entered that beach, maybe in the top 20, top 10. When I came back from mile 31, having run 20 miles on the beach, I was now in second place. Of course, my wife was joking on Facebook that what the uh, people were saying, well, who the fuck is this guy? Where did he come from? And did he cut the course? And did he cheat? What's going on? <laughs> of course, Sarah reminded him. She said, you, you know, you should you just Google him. Like, you know, you guys are idiots just because he didn't come in here beating his chest or anything like that. I stopped, gave her a kiss and ran back out. Of course, people said he didn't eat anything. Well, I was wearing a backpack with my water and goos in it. So it's completely self-supported. And that gave me confidence that I didn't need anybody else around me. Like I I could do the entire race just by myself. Didn't have to burden my wife. Didn't have to burden anybody else. Could do it all myself. Ran back out, finished overall in second place. Never was able to catch the first place person. Put about 20 minutes between me and the third place person. And I I go back to this whole thing. Of course, it was humorous. Something saying, you know, who the fuck is this guy? (laughs) And needing to respond, needing to remind them that I am who I am. Why do I do those races? And I've realized that one, this race on the beast coast, as they like to call it, is for me to keep that relationship with myself solid. There's a lot you learn running seven hours, five minutes, and 12 seconds across the finish line, running 50 miles, getting second place at an uh, an event like this where the people competing or the elite of the elite. (sighs) One is humility. Uh, I don't care how tough you are. Uh, About 35 miles in, I wanted to quit every step of the way. Um, My feet were wet. They were pruned. They had sand against blisters. My foot was smacking the sand. and, And to be honest with you, I was miserable and I was unhappy. And I just wanted to quit. And for the next 15, 16 miles, I just had to take it a mile at a time, five miles at a time, put a goo in my mouth, keep running. I stopped at the two aid stations, grabbed Cokes, shoveled down some Coca-Cola and kept going. And and for me, it doesn't matter how tough you are, one of these races, it's going to bring you to your knees. And I often think to myself, where are other areas in my life where I need to be more humble? where I need to not just pump my chest, pound my chest and talk about how amazing I am, but to stop and say I need to learn from this experience cuz it's uncomfortable and I want to quit, but this is ultimately going to make me better. And see that's why you do these races. That's why you test yourself because man, it just it it forces you to be the best version of yourself. Also, I learned something when I crossed the finish line is that I was tougher. I was tougher than I thought I was. Just I was. And you learn those, you learn how tough you are when you put yourself in a position where failure is not just likely, it's predictable, right? It's predictable. And so what are you doing? I guess my challenge to you is what are you doing to put yourself in a position where success is not likely and failure seems like it's a given, it's going to happen. Your relationship to you, the things you do to boost you, to test you, has a direct impact on how you view the world around you. It's been said, we don't see others as they are, we see them as we are. What that means is our fears, our insecurities, our uncertainties projected on other people makes us feel the way we do about them. It does, it does. And so if you want to improve your relationships with other people and improve you, improve you, improve your relationship to you, be a better version of you, stop thinking about other people so much and focus on you. What are you not seeing, right? What do you need to do in order to strengthen you? Maybe it's read a book. Maybe it's run a race. Maybe it's watch what you eat. Maybe it's get a new circle of friends. Maybe it's avoid some negativity. We don't see others as they are. We see them as we are, something to remember.